All right. Well, guys, welcome. <laughs> yeah, just to let you guys know, I had fun putting that little thing together right there. I actually use a app on my phone. To, that was my voice, by the way. So <laughs> I just did a little voice change over there. So, yeah. All right. So, man, I'm actually glad uh, that we got you on here, Michael. Um, and first of all, I want to welcome my co-host, Gwendolyn uh, Purcell, that's joining me tonight. Um, Hi, yeah. So... <sighs> Everybody who knows Paul Freeman, well, if you don't know his son, please uh, give a warm welcome to Michael Freeman. So I always want to call you Junior, but, <laughs> but <laughs> all right. So, um, and also, uh, not made maybe not everyone is aware, but uh, Michael Freeman is the author of a new book called The Freeman Bigfoot Files, um, which. I, uh, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I was very fascinated by what I've been able to read out so far. And uh, there's a couple things we'll touch base on with, uh, with that book. And um, But I guess to start off with, uh, you, know, you know, first of all, you know, your father's Bigfoot footage. I'm going to say one thing. And, and I read... What one of the things I read in the uh, from the book um, is that I felt the same way as what um, what was stated in the book as far as the footage alone. It is I don't know the right word to use, but I will say it it doesn't it, it has not received the attention that it deserves um, compared to what the Patty footage is and. That's also stated in the book, and as I believe it was you that mentioned that there's no competition here. There's no competition whatsoever, and um, so, you know, I mean, I don't think we should look at it as a competition. I mean, it's, you got two different uh, video footages from two different time periods, and uh, one of the things that we were discussing before we went live, I thought we could go ahead and clarify that 1994 is all over the video footage, and Again, what you explained to us, I was wondering if you want to clarify that, speak, uh, share that yourself, so I don't get that messed up. As far as when that footage was actually taken, yeah, uh, the video was actually made August twentieth, nineteen ninety-two, and that's when my dad got the footage. Uh, you will see from time to time some copies of it that say nineteen ninety-four because that's when the copyright was placed on it, uh, and since forth, you know, there's been a little confusion over that and you do see it as 1994 from time to time but it it was uh shot in 1992 so 30 years just this past august 20th okay very good so ladies and gentlemen get that straight it's 1992 not 1994 <laughs> um, when that video was shot i was 15 years old okay okay yeah yeah, so yeah, Michael's like three years older than I am, so uh, <laughs> I'll be forty-six yeah. next month. So <laughs> you know, I'm getting up there. Okay, yeah, I'll be forty-three in March. So, <laughs> um, okay, now there's something I, I kind of want to read something off. Is there's, um, but before I do so, let me ask you first. Uh, one, it's the statement or the article regarding the good, uh, the Good Morning America show from 1987. Um, I really feel like that there needs to be shared publicly 
Um, as far as how some people declared or what made the public try to make your father look like a hoaxer. Um, do I have your permission to read that uh, portion of the Good uh, the Good Morning America um, session? Yep. Go ahead. Okay. So yeah, I yeah because I copied and pasted some things out of there for my own notes, but yeah, I wanted to make sure I had your permission to read this off, and I, I really believe this is something important um, because after I read this for the I know Cliff Barackman goes on to, to defend Paul's honor on this as well, and uh, but here it goes. In 1987, Good Morning America happened. We had moved back to Walla Walla in the summer of 1986, and I had just turned 10 years old when a slick piece of editing, which wasn't even done well, attempted to paint my dad as a hoaxer. I like to refer to it as the hatchet job from hell. As a matter of fact, the whole program was slanted to make my dad, along with Wes Summerlin and Ray DeHinden, look like crazy liars. It was a surgical piece from the start. The two cowboys from Walla Walla and the little Canuck fell right into the trap. A straight answer to a simple question is all it took to doom my father. When asked if he had ever made fake tracks, my dad answered honestly, yes, I have. I have made tracks in my garden. I've made tracks and tried to cast them to see if a man is capable of doing this. But if you ever seen the show, then you already know that is not what was aired. Instead, a national audience got to hear him simply say, yes, I have. That left a black cloud over my dad that still follows him even today. Cliff Brackman and Jeff Meldrum will tell you that any researcher worth his salt has done the same thing. Before you could accept that what you are looking at can be real. You must first eliminate all possibilities of it being not real. Paul Freeman eliminated possibilities. Good Morning America was eliminating Paul Freeman. I still won't watch that damn show <laughs> as you quoted. So, um, yeah, I mean, for the record, I mean, yes, I actually I don't have it no more. It broke, but I've actually made cast in my own yard of my own foot. Um, well, I've done it for comparison purposes. Um, so, yeah, I mean. I'm sure a lot of people do it playing around for fun or whatever reason, but um, as I once stated a long time ago, I think everybody should practice that. Um, one, it'll get you familiar with actually casting a track and how to properly, you know, get get it together. Um, and yeah, ma make them of your kids, do them of yourself. You know, have small ones, big ones, whatever. I think I think it's a fun project and it's good for educational purposes as well. Um, but. Yeah, um, as far as that situation alone right there, I mean, I mean, reading that right there, it almost gets under my skin. That, I mean, that's, me, that's the media for you, you know? We know the media, um, in the words of <laughs> Slim Shady or Eminem or whatever, you know, oh, no, I'm sorry, wrong one, Tupac. <laughs> the media is full of dirty tricks, so, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, has anything ever... I mean, I mean, I regardless of who you are, you're going to have your naysayers, you know, uh, you're going to have those who believe and those those who don't believe. But uh, has anything other uh, other than what happened in that situation become of that that you're aware of? No, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And uh, 
you know, it was 1987 and it's, it's should be long forgotten by this point. Yeah. It's not. And I feel like I just beat it into the ground. God, like all the time, every time I do an interview, this and that, you know, I, I talk about it and we try to just kind of, you know, put the stamp on there that, you know, the whole story wasn't presented in that interview. Um, right. At the time that that was filmed, you know, um, I myself, along with my my brother and my sister, and my mother, were <laughs> sitting uh, in the room uh, during the interview. Uh, Wes Summerlin and his grandson, Jonathan Summerlin, who also wrote a piece for my book, were also there sitting in the living room. Uh, Jonathan Summerlin can tell you this story. And I think he wrote about it in his uh, section of the book as well. But, um, you know, my dad continues after they asked him if he's made fake tracks. He continues to explain why, you know, um, and that's just cut off. It's edited. You don't see it in the, the program. And if you watch the program, when he says, yes, I have. He starts to speak again and his voice kind of starts to climb higher because he's going to like, you know, go ahead and, and further all that answer. And then it just immediately cuts to an edit of them looking at a piece of tree bark that has has scratches on it. So, you know, they did. They just cut the rest of that out. But um, that was damaging. I, I mean, to, to say the least, it, it ruined my dad's reputation. It almost completely destroyed his Bigfoot research. Um, and it, it's, it's something that I have to talk about. And Cliff Berrickman has to talk about and, you know, these people that do support my dad in his research, we, we have to talk about it, but I'm so tired of it. Like, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Honestly, that's just, right. I just way. Yeah. But, but it still follows me, you know, um, and take it out of context. Like I'll, I'll hear comments from people. If someone posts the, the footage from 92 and they'll say, Oh, this footage is fake. Paul Freeman admitted it on national television. And then they're just taking like two complete different events and they're, they're putting them together to just use that one news interview uh, to pretty much damn the rest of his research for the rest of his life. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. I mean, yeah. Of all people, good morning, America. I mean, that's a very large network. Uh, I mean, I can remember growing up, my mom used to watch it a lot, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure it still comes on. I just don't pay attention to it. I get up and go to work every morning. I don't watch TV in the morning, so I don't have time to. I'm trying to get my butt to work on time. <laughs> um, there was something else I was going to throw in there. because, Well, yeah, one of the other things, too. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this, but, yeah, besides the video footage that your father captured, that was not his first Bigfoot encounter. Uh, if I'm correct, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, based off of what I've read, um, yeah, because he was much younger when he had an experience. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, his first encounter was 10 years earlier. Uh, 10 years 10 earlier? Years, okay. Two months earlier. Yeah, in 1982, when he was working for the, the Forest Service, uh, is when he had yeah, his first encounter. Right. You know, 10 years later, uh, he ends up getting getting that piece of footage. And there was, a, you know, a couple of encounters in between that as well. So... You know, we right. have four, uh, four verifiable sightings in a 15-year period with another sighting that is a possibility um, on a very foggy day through some trees when he was with Wes Summerlin and Vance Orchard and those guys. Um, but I don't really count that because we're not really sure what was seen. Something was there, but it's really, really foggy. 
um, and, and there are pictures, um, but you can't tell what it is. So I, I don't really count that one. I, I don't I don't take that um, as being a factual, actual sighting that, that we can document. So four encounters in a 15 year period. Right. Yeah, fair enough. And yeah, what I find incredible, too, here, uh, here's your father. Yeah, he was a part of the Forest Service. And, you know, and these are people that we see today that or know of today that won't come forward and share information. Um, you know, they might tell somebody, but they won't be open as your father was about it. You know, which your father, I believe, was very brave. I mean, maybe it was a I guess it was a whole different time or error, you know, or uh, compared to how people are today. You you know, over the years, you think people will be more acceptable, uh, you know, acceptable on things uh, instead of looking at things so taboo, uh, per se, you know. Um, yeah, like I know when I go out camping sometimes, you know, I've gotten to know a couple game wardens that will, you know, that will work the area and check things out. And once they get to know you, you know, they come back another time. Oh, yeah, it's the Bigfoot people, <laughs> you know, so they'll right. ask you a few questions, but yeah, but you know, if they, if they know anything, they're not going to come out and tell you, you know, uh, on the most part. Um, I know there's different departments within the agency, you know, um, I mean, I would love to hear something from a, uh, someone from the Forest Service out this way. Uh, now, I have heard firsthand accounts from law enforcement officers um, that's happened o just over the other side of the mountain here, um, which is incredible. I wish more, if any, if there is more, I wish more would come forward with that information because uh, law enforcement, Forest Service people, those are the people I would uh, take as real credible sources um, personally. Um, I want to, before I go on, I want to, I don't want to keep talking and rambling while, while Gwendolyn may have something she wants to jump on. So feel free to tell me to shut up at any time, Gwendolyn. <laughs> shut up, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask, at, you were just 10 and then when you're, when that first incident happened and then you were 15 when correct me if I'm wrong, 15 when your father made the video, correct? Uh, I was five years old when he had his first encounter Okay. in 82. Yeah. Uh, I, I was 10 in 87 when Good Morning America happened. We were just talking about that. So uh, but yeah, was those... 15 years old when he got the footage. Okay. How did those instances with like Good Morning America and the video footage your father put out and all of that criticism, how did that affect him and and you of course because you're you're young and you're experiencing these things with him. How did that affect you guys as a as a family? As well, it was hard, you know, uh, hard for me, hard for my brother, hard for my mother uh, to take that ridicule and and have to deal with that every day. And and for me, you know, being younger and, and having to go to school and, and have kids you know, my dad says your dad is crazy and, you know, or this or that and, and to have to go through all that and, and to grow up and start realizing that your, your father is not the normal dad, <laughs> you know, um, and he's kind of famous or infamous, you, you know, whichever way you want to look at that, uh, but not for, you know, something that their kids necessarily think is cool, you know, um, and, and so it was hard um, and for a lot of reasons, not just for that, but financially, its stability and all those things. It was really hard. Um, how it affected my dad is, is not something that um, 
I really dealt with for most of my life, honestly, because my dad kept it so inside. Uh, and if you knew my dad or you, you, you hear interviews with my dad or you see some of the, the conferences he goes at, like the one in 1989 when Renee Hendon is yelling at him from the audience to like go home and cussing at him and stuff. My father never fires back. He never says anything unkind about anybody else. Um, and, and he was very good about just kind of dismissing the skeptics and the detractors without any animosity because he believed in his evidence and he, and he challenged people to, you know, prove where it was fake. You prove it, show me, you know? Um, and so growing up with him during that time period, it, that's what I saw is it just kind of not bothering him. And he didn't really talk about it. You know, uh, that, that side of it. Now I know there were private conversations had with my mother, obviously, but uh, as far as I was concerned, I wasn't let in on, you know, dad's feelings are hurt or, you know, someone has upset dad or, or dad's thinking about not doing this anymore. Uh, that, those things were kind of kept from me. And I've actually, since I've done this project and I started writing this book, um, as funny as it sounds, and, and it's on a much smaller level, I'm sure, than what he dealt with. But I've kind of started to experience just a little bit of maybe how he was feeling and and what he went through because I myself um, in the in the last year have kind of become a target of some of these same things because you know I'm writing a, a pro book that's positive uh, about my dad and he's a controversial figure and so there's there's people out there that have had not kind things to say about him and in certain circumstances even about me just because. I'm standing up for that evidence. So I, I feel like I'm a little more familiar now with what he was going through um, and, and why he probably chose to eventually, you know, walk away from that. Uh, so it, it was hard on me when I was a kid and, and it's hard on me now. Um, it, it's kind of come full circle. If that answers your question. Absolutely. How does that affect your, your, I'm assuming you're, you're investigating and researching as well. How does that affect how you move forward with your investigations and your research? Uh, well, you know, I'm not what you would call like a boots on the ground researcher. Um, I don't go out every weekend or every chance I get and look for evidence. If something is found or if something happens near where I live and I hear about it, I might go check it out. Um, I've done that before. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Uh, I consider myself more of a... Uh, historical researcher, I guess you could say. And I like to spend most of my time when it's Bigfoot related, researching the Blue Mountain evidence that my dad was a part of and, and not just his evidence, but the evidence found by all the other researchers that were there, like Wes Summerlin and Dar Addington and, and Bill Lowry and, and Dave Bean and Vance Orchard and all those guys. Um, and just making, you know, compare and contrast uh, all the tracks and, and, and citing reports and hair samples and stuff like that to get as much information as I can to try to draw a better conclusion on, you know, what the picture in the population was, you know, in the Blue Mountains at that time. Um, but, you know, um, I don't know, man. Bigfoot's rough. <laughs> Let me, you got to have, um, have thick skin, you know, to do this. And I kind of came out of the woodwork a little bit about 2000. 2014, 2015, 
uh, right around there. And by the end of 2016, I was back in my cave uh, because I, I didn't want to deal with some of these people. And, um, you know, I, did, I didn't have a, a good set of allies or, or anything like that. And, you know, it was actually shortly after that, that Cliff Berrickman called me, you know, on the phone and we kind of met for the first time and he had a, a you know, a question to ask me. And, and you know, we, we talked for a bit and, and then since forth, you know, we become good friends, but uh, I kind of blame Cliff, I guess it's his fault. Uh, he kind of pulled me back out into the public eye a little bit and convinced me that, you know, there are good people that I can trust and that I can make allies with. And that's, you know, the information and the evidence that we have from the Blue Mountains during that time period is still important. And there's a lot that can be learned from it. And, you know, when it comes to my dad, I guess you could say, I'm, you know, I have to be the foremost expert, <laughs> I suppose. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my, you know, niche right now in, in the, in the Bigfoot world. Um, but moving forward, um, there are a couple people that have expressed some interest in, in doing some, some expeditions and, it's something that I'm, I'm considering. So I, I might be more active uh, moving forward. Very good. Awesome. Gwen, you got your bags packed? We'll go on an expedition. Oh, <laughs> just say the word. Say it's the word. Hard. I ramble on. So, you know, you know, same with Daniel. If you got to tell me to shut up, uh, just just do it. You know? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We, nah, we love it when the guest just keeps talking. I mean, because it, it's it's good. It gives us time to think for our next question. <laughs> so, um, yeah, don't listen to what I'm saying. Just think about what you're going to ask next. Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, Carrie, uh, our friend Carrie, uh, real well, she's a real good friend to Gwen. There, she says that. I, I was going to say this myself, but yes, when you're talking about the, when Cliff said there's good people out there, yeah, you're talking to two of them right there. <laughs> so, but Carrie said it herself. So, and then yeah. she said, "Oh, her." She's referring to herself. She's a she's a good one too. So, <laughs> yeah, and you know, I've uh, not just Cliff, but I've made some some really good allies uh, and and some good friends, and and of course Doug Highcheck, you know, who um, published book and and is the one that convinced me really to do it. Uh, there's not a better ally than Doug Hijack, you know, if you want to get something done. And um, Mark Marcel is someone I've become acquainted with and, and friends with. And and he's really cool and a great guy. And of course, you know, Jeff Meldrum and uh, Tom Powell and, and just, you know, everyone, Dar Addington and, and John Summerlin. I, I've got a good team. Mike Casey uh, here in Washington State, you know, is, is a guy that's boots on the ground who's kind of going to be up and coming and that. But uh, I feel like I, I've made a lot of good you know, connections this time around and I have good mm -hmm. friendships, you know, brewing and I can't even list everyone, you know, really. Oh, uh, yeah. Tim Holler, you know, and, and, I mean, you know, and, and just everybody, but uh, everyone's been so positive, you know, uh, moving forward this time where last time I kind of tried to come out uh, and, and make some, you know, do some stuff publicly and, and kind of share information, stuff like that. Like I said, in around 2015, 2016, everyone was not as positive and, and it was not a good experience. And now everybody seems to be really positive. And, and I don't know if it's just, you know, we were just ready for it now, or if, if it was the excitement for the book or whatever, but, you know, and then there's a, a few sour apples, of course, but, <laughs> you, know, hey, you know, if they want to spend their time obsessing over me and I'm that important, go for it, I suppose. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're always going to have somebody else alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, 
you're going to have people that are going to want to try to dissect you and your and, and your history with your father. I mean, I mean, they've been doing that with Bob Gimelin for years, as far as I can you know, you know, look back on and, you know, there's been drama on social media and, you know, and I don't know why people don't just leave the guy alone, but, you know, and let him be, um, <laughs> you know, Bigfoot's so. rough. I'm going to say it again. Bigfoot's rough. And, and something I don't, I just don't understand why in this field where you would think everyone would be working towards a common goal, there's so much infighting and jealousy. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. It seems like it's just backwards thinking and I, everyone just needs to like work together, you know, more. Uh, it, you just see it, it daily with just people, you know, novice people that, that post information or they just post their opinion on something and they get ripped to shreds by somebody else that seems to think they're an expert, you know, and God, there's no experts on Bigfoot. I mean, we all know that, right? You know, it's, it's we just, all, yeah. I mean, that, that's all it is. There's no experts because we don't even know what they are yet, you know, and until we have, you know, uh, a body on a table, you know, there's not going to be an expert on it. So can we just like take the evidence and look at it, all the evidence as a full body and not just cherry pick, you know, the, the frame or the second of this video or, or, or this, you know, footprint trackway, but let's just take all the evidence and look at it from a scientific viewpoint altogether, regardless of what your beliefs are on their origin or, or what they are or anything, and just work together trying to find comparisons on this so we can actually get more information that's congruent and just work together. I, I don't this <laughs> I don't even know what to say about you know the Bigfoot community. And like I said, I you know, for the most part, there's really great people, but at the yeah. same time, I feel like they take more steps backward than they do forward because they're all jealous of each other. Yeah, you're right. Sadly, that's true. But you and know, it's, it's nothing new. It's nothing right. new either. I mean, it's been it's been going on since you know the '60s and the '70s, and and through my dad's time period with him and you know Renee and and those guys. And um, it, it's not like it's a new thing, but it, I don't think it's getting any better either. And I don't think social media helps. You know, on, no. on that front. No. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got to have like, hey, I got I got the better track or I find more evidence in you kind of thing or or yeah, or right. you got people that think they got the answers and you're wrong half the time. And, you know, yeah. You know, so you're what I did, <laughs> you know, and, and if you started reading the book, you probably already read it. But what I did when when I started to do this project is I, I made a deal with myself that I wasn't going to say anything negative about anybody, you know, not anybody that's that's present or anyone from the past, even though, you know, I, I, of all people have opportunities to do that about some individuals. Um, but I made a deal that I, I wasn't going to do it. And I said that in the book, like, I refuse to do this. I'm not going to speak ill of anyone. And I, I'm really trying to hold to that. There's a few people that are pushing my buttons a little bit, but, um, you know, if, if I see something I don't agree with or I don't like, I just, I just move past it or ignore it, you know? And, and there's people out there that are, vocal detractors of my dad and his evidence and you know thomas steenberg being one of them who's very vocal about you know how nice my dad was but he thinks it's all fake okay. i made it a point to reach out and introduce myself to the man because we'd never met you know and i just you know you know hi mr steenberg this is who i am and we've never met and i'd like to meet you someday you know because i don't see anything wrong with that you know and, and i don't care if, if people have a difference of opinion or I don't even care if, if you don't think my dad's evidence is 
real. Um, if you've actually taken the time to study it and look at it, and then you've drawn your own conclusion, great. Like we'll, we'll talk forever and you can be as big of a skeptic as you want. Uh, you know, that's fine. But the, yeah, the, the jealousy and stuff just, it got, it kills me. <laughs> it just, right. You know, I don't even know what to do. And there was even someone, and, and again, I'm not going to speak ill of anyone, you know, and I certainly won't do it by name, but just the fact that when I said I was going to write a book, there were, there was someone that just took that opportunity immediately uh, to jump on that and draw attention to themselves uh, <laughs> by just from the get go kind of attacking the book before, it, you know, a, a single word had ever been written, you know, right. it's like, okay, you got to use someone else's success to like make yourself relevant. And that's fine. I mean, if that's what you want to do, whatever, you know, I don't share information with that person. That's fine. I don't really care what they say anyway, because it's, you know, in the long run, it has no impact on my life, you know, but uh, again, it's, it's a head scratcher <laughs> on, on why it has to be that way, you know? Right. Yeah. I always feel like I, I I'm probably way off, but I'm not going to mention names either, but you know, whoever you might be referring to, I almost feel like I have two suspects in my mind, but one had, you know, one might be running a bookstore out West somewhere. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, I won't even bring up names. Cause I mean, I could be wrong. And, but the two people I'm thinking about, they're both, you know, a-holes and so forth. <laughs> um, ah, well, yeah, I, I mean, you know, <clears throat> Someone loves everyone, right? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's somebody for everybody. We've, we've all got mothers, right? So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, there's, there's, there's a few that have poked and prodded, you know, a little bit and uh, passive aggressive sort of, you know, in those kind of ways. And then a few others that are just more, you know, kind of accusatory and, and this and that. And it's fine. It's whatever. You know, uh, they can they can say whatever they want. You know, it, it's one of those things. Um, but you know, it just I just want to get the information out there. I, I mean, honestly, when it comes to my dad, and you know, kind of like you know, you said at the beginning with you know, uh, like his video footage, and maybe it hasn't gotten you know the the credit it deserves, or hasn't been looked at you know as much as it it deserves to. You know, I just want to put it out there, and and that was the intention with the book. And anyone who heard me you know, kind of publicize, you know, and advertise the book from the beginning, heard me say that this book is an evidence catalog at heart. That's really what it is. It's full of pictures mm -hmm. um, and it's full of video footage and it's full of audio of him telling his own story. And then it has a little bit of writing here and there by the other people that contributed and by myself. And it's, it's not a 400 page novel and that's never what it was intended to be. I mean, it was intended to be, you know, in, in, an evidence catalog where people could look and see these pictures and make comparisons for themselves and, and, and watch enhanced footage and watch, you know, footage they've, you know, they've never seen. And, and you know, there's 48 minutes in there of my dad following tracks with Roger Thornton and, you know, some other people, my dog. And, and, and it's great, you know, because you just get to see them like follow trackways and find out where they went and they lose them and they find them again and they go through snow and, you know, stuff like that is really interesting to me. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess there were, you know, some people that uh, thought there should have been more written or, 
you know, the book should have been a thousand pages or, or, or something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, um, instead of 180 pictures, there should have been 500, you know, and, <laughs> and, and all that stuff. And, and then those same people, you know, turn around and complain that it's a $70 book. Um, and if they'd have got it their way, it'd have been a $200 book. <laughs> so, you know, wow. uh, it's just, you know, it's one of those things, but, um, you know, it, it is what it is. And, uh, hopefully, you know, because for the most part, I've heard good things about the book. You know, people have said good things about it, you know, and, and I'm not a writer. I'll be the first one that, that that's going to admit that. And that wasn't the point of this thing. The point of this thing was was an evidence catalog and, and to get my dad's audio out there and stuff. So people can learn, you know, from that and kind of take that adventure. And, and um, you know, I, I did my part putting the book together, you know, and cutting all the audio and picking all these pictures and and doing all this stuff in, in a little bit of writing. But um hopefully people enjoy it and i know you guys have had a chance to at least look at it yeah if i must be honest from what little i've gone through i really think it's excellent i mean it's been well presented and put together um it's an excellent layout and format um yeah it's just i was actually going through it when i was at work you know and while i had some time (laughs) and yeah i mean i was like I was really getting into it. Meanwhile, trying to make sure I wasn't needed elsewhere at work at the time. But <laughs> so, right. uh, but no, I definitely plan on going through a lot more of it. Um, I know yeah. a buddy of mine, uh, my buddy Clint Miller, just recently bought the book because he uh, he actually posted a picture of it a couple days ago, showing that he got your book. So yes, he um, did. He got it uh, directly from me. Uh, oh, uh, so uh, I signed it for him and everything. Uh, Clint is, uh, uh, I didn't know you guys were buddies, but Clint's a good dude. I, I consider, I've never met Clint in person, but I consider Clint a friend. Uh, oh, yeah. we do, uh, we converse a lot, um, actually, and, uh, he's a good guy. So, yeah, he, yeah, he was, uh, I don't know, Gwen, if you remember, he was actually sitting, he was at the table sitting next to Michael Cook at my event last year, last, this past June. Um, but, yeah, he's yeah he's a young guy. He uh, yeah he lives down in Southern Virginia. I actually drive down his way every so often. Depends on where I got to go to deliver, but um, but yeah yeah he's a good kid. Um, uh, I call him a kid, but I don't know exactly how old he is. I know he's young. <laughs> so um, that, that shows what age we are. You get over forty, and yeah, everyone younger than you is a kid. Well, I picked up that habit from my father. He could be the guy could be ten years younger than him. Yeah, this kid I used to work with. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, dad. Yeah, because dad's seventy. Like I said, he just turned seventy-three in August. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I've kind of yeah, I picked that habit up myself. But yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, I'm looking forward to really uh, getting into it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's actually, it's been quite a while since I read, I mean, I got Bigfoot books. I still have yet to touch that are sitting <laughs> over here. And, uh, but too. you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I got people ask me, have you read the book? Yes. Uh, no. Well, mine, I'm basically, yeah, mine are basic research. Most of them are research books, uh, <laughs> you know, with a lot of my opinion, I share some other people's stuff in there, but. They're nowhere as big as your book, trust me. They're they're more or less research booklets, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, I do put a lot of pictures in mine, or at least I try to. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing you were talking about pictures. You know, you can only have so many pictures in a book, depending on what you know, based off yeah. of it for 
illustration purposes or whatever you need them for. But um, something I learned, <laughs> uh, and I also learned real fast how expensive it is to print full color pictures. Mm. Uh, you know, for for the book. Um, and so, uh, you know, um, there was a conversation potentially had about making like a paperback uh, out of this thing as well for people that, uh, maybe didn't want to spend the money for, for the hardback. And we actually, you know, me and the publisher, we, we actually did the, the math and we had a meeting and kind of did a breakdown and it's only going to be like a six dollar difference. Oh, geez. Back in the hardback. <laughs> uh, um, paperback and have people buy and save any money and get a letter. But yeah, yeah. one thing I did learn um, in the process of this, well, that writing is hard and I'm not very good at it, uh, but I did learn that I'm pretty good at putting a book together. And I think that I did a, a good job of that. And I learned that it, the whole process is a lot more expensive than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Absolutely. And now I realize kind of why uh, all those old foot books are just all black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. I know. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, I shouldn't say a lot of people. I mean, from, based off the books I've gotten, uh, either bought or collected over, uh, over the years from people. Yeah. Most of them are the paperback books. Um, mm -hmm. I have a couple, I do have a couple hardbacks, uh, Shoot, Cliff Brack I got Cliff Brackman's book. Oh shoot, I misplaced that. I gotta hunt hunt that one down. But I've read that one like from front to back. And over the time, you know, since I've had it, I've, I know I remember going back through it or touch base on stuff, but um because I know that book was basically solely was uh based on the uh they actually had a documentary um on TV about a lot what was a lot of what was presented in that book. Um yeah, it's very informative and I do yeah, I recall it actually uh, re uh, actually, recalled the uh, Freeman uh, footage and the tracks and stuff in there. I know, I remember, if I'm, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it did talk about the uh, the Blue Mountain trackways and um, and so forth. Um, now, now, are are you talking did, about Legend Meets Science? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, oh, that's, Big, that's yeah, Jeff Legend Meets Science. That's Jeff right. Yeah, that's, yeah. Not, not Right, right, yeah. I was just making mention that it did it did mention uh, some of you know a little bit of Paul Freeman and um, and yeah. If I mean, I'm pretty yeah at some point because it went over the tracks and everything. Uh, the blue, I like I said, I, if I'm not mistaken, I remember it mentioning or talking about the uh, some of the tracks that were found on the on the Blue Mountain. Um, now, Blue Mountain, yeah, did you talk uh, about that a little bit? There's quite a bit of stuff in Legend Meets Science. Uh, yeah, the footage just talked about in that book and the documentary as well. Uh, one of the things Dr. Meldrum touches on in the book is, as well is uh, what he refers to as the Table Springs prints, um, which is is what I call Wrinklefoot. Um, oh, yes, yes. Wrinklefoot. Uh, in Meldrum's book, they're referred to as the Table, table Springs because that's the, the location they were they were found at. Um, okay. And then I believe um, in Jeff's book, they, they also talk about the, he does a breakdown of the handprint from 1986 and also <laughs> the, uh, the derriere, the, uh, the butt print from uh, 1993, you know, the infamous uh, ass squatch, as, as I like to joke about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. 
Now the handprint you were referring to is it the one that where they described it as being like almost like short, like they kind of look like this or something? Uh, like, no, the old... one from '86 is the big one, and it, it's full open. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Fingers, and and there's there is a picture of that one in in my book as well. Uh, that one was taken in kind of like a, a muddy clay, um, and it's distorted a little bit from the hand moving when it when it went down, and so it's probably not quite as big as as it appears. But it is something that uh, Meldrum was interested in and wrote about in his book. Um, and the, one of the interesting things about that is it's, it's very <laughs> similar to the Fort Bragg handprint. Uh, and they look very similar. They're similar in size. They have similar, you know, features. Um, and, and so, you know, that's something that, that you can see there. Um, but, you know, as far as the handprints go, yeah, my dad has that one. And then he hit the one you're talking about um, is the 1994 Biscuit Ridge print. And I kind of okay. call it the Han Solo print, just joking around because it kind of looks like Han and his hands coming out of the carbonite. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. You're right. <laughs> okay, yeah. And so that's 1994. And then there's the knuckle print from 82. You know, um, interestingly enough, with, with the handprints, um, all those handprints show uh, the outward rotated thumb, uh, mm -hmm. all of them. Um, and that's pretty consistent as well with what we had from – Fort Bragg, and also uh, what we see from Tom Shea in Kentucky is that outward rotated thumb where the finger, you know, the thumb would close the same direction as, as the rest of the fingers do and, and not inward, you know, like, like ours does. Um, and so it, it's, it's pretty interesting that, that we're getting these consistencies throughout, you know, not only time periods, but also, you know, diverse locations across the, the United States. Um, and that that's uh, outward rotated thumb is is also something you see in eyewitness descriptions of Sasquatch if they're holding or grabbing something is their thumb rotated that way. So uh, interesting handprints. You know we have some really nice ones that come out of the Blue Mountains, um, and a lot of people don't realize that there are very very few instances of handprints and footprints ever being found together. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't even know if, if you can name them all, but, uh, you know, uh, Bossberg, uh, there's a handprint, you know, that was found there. Um, and then you get the knuckle print in 82 with my dad at Elk Wallow. And then you get the handprint at Biscuit Ridge in 1994 uh, with my dad. And actually, uh, Dar Addington and John Mianzinski have the footprint casts uh, from that. And my dad kept the handprint cast. Um, and then we have some in Kentucky with Tom Shea, but, uh, that's about it. I think there's maybe five in history, uh, instances oh, wow. of handprints and footprints being found and cast together. Uh, you'd think it'd be higher, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's not. Yeah. Yeah. There was a time where I almost thought it, I mean, it looked like a handprint, but you know, the more I kept looking at it, it was something I found while I was deer hunting, but the I had to look at it at different angles. I mean, it clearly looked like it was a hand that like was placed and then kind of like more or less slid across the surface. But this particular spot, I I actually came to the conclusion it was either turkey scratch or the a deer with his hoofs rubbing the you know, um, right. But this, like I said, this particular pattern actually looked like a hand. 
Um, I, I had actually had taken pictures of this. I got them somewhere. They're probably somewhere on my Facebook pictures or something. But uh, I have so many pictures on Facebook, I can't keep up or remember what's left on there. But, um, but yeah, like I said, I was excited when I thought it was a hand. But yeah, even if it was... I mean, there's a chance it could have been just another person. I mean, because yeah, I was know. there, I found it right. So, because I mean, you, it wasn't big. It was it was probably about my size or maybe a touch smaller, but it looked like it had longer fingers. So, yeah, so. and you know, just to clarify, when when I say you know the the few number of those instances, I'm, I'm referring to, uh, I won't say famous, but well known and documented cast, right? Incidents. I'm sure there's someone who's watching this program right now that has casted 17 handprints with footprints <laughs> themselves. <laughs> um, and they're going to say, well, that's not true. Uh, but it is true. There, there's a very limited <laughs> number of well-documented, verifiable, well-known, you know, mm -hmm. uh, evidence finds that have handprints and cast prints that are together. Uh, interestingly as well um, in, in my book uh, in what is, um, in there as the uh, Paul Freeman raw footage is what the QR code um, is. It starts with actually the video at DDuck Spring, but then after that, there, there's more footage to watch. And uh, I was talking earlier about uh, my dad following tracks with Roger Thornton, you know, through the snow or whatever. Uh, part of that footage is my dad and David Bean uh, in early 1992 casting a handprint that is found with footprints as well because they're following footprints when they find a, a handprint um in a in a slash pile uh but we don't have any cast of the footprints uh it, it seems like they didn't cast those um and we don't know where the handprint is although i think it's probably uh in the possession of of dave bean's family because i think mm. it's, it's the handprints that dave bean took uh when he cast it but um you know if, if you do read the book don't skip over the raw footage uh it's uh terrible quality it's not something that uh, we enhanced. It's like 48 minutes of just, you know, tracking down and, and following some tracks and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, uh, there is a good segment of David Bean and my dad talking about uh, a slash pile they come across and a handprint they found and Dave Bean thinking that the Sasquatch was probably digging in there for either uh, grubs, bugs, or mice. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, just in case, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that a majority of the people watching uh, that will be watching this later are familiar with the Freeman footage, and I I will play the short segment that I have that um, that I let you watch. Uh, and as for the record, for those watching and listening, um, yeah, Michael did tell me this is not the best footage, even though this is. <laughs> This is considered stabilized, and it's still not the best footage. So, um, it's rough. <laughs> so it's rough. So I'll go but, ahead. You know, that's what happened. And and the problem is, is most of them on YouTube and, and stuff. If you go to watch it, they look like that because it's been so saturated over the last thirty years, and it's been interlaced, you know. And it was shot on that eight millimeter magnetic tape in the first place, and then they moved it to VHS, and it got worse. Oh, yeah, and that's and and it got interlaced, and then somebody put it on a DVD. And then they threw it on YouTube and you can't see anything. And, and the footage just looks terrible. Um, but the actual original master tape doesn't look that bad. It's actually pretty good. It's a lot better, I think, than what most people assume that it is. Um, right. And, of course, the enhanced stuff that we have now and 
the enhanced footage that I include in the book is just so much better. Uh, well, but yeah, go away. I mean, this is probably what most people are used to watching anyway. Yeah, and well, real quick, I know uh, my buddy David Lester, he saw something that I uploaded directly to Facebook from my phone. It was a short little video that I put together uh, of me riding out to the woods and some scenery of the woods and whatnot. I also uploaded it to YouTube. And he watched it on both. He says, why is the YouTube version look like it's all grainy and fuzzy? I said, yeah. that's YouTube for you. I said, unless you, I mean, you have the option to uh, uh, upload it on like a really high quality, uh, on a high quality standard. However, it's going to use more data and whatnot, which I don't have that strong of a data to upload. I mean, I probably could, but it'll probably take a long time. So I didn't bother doing it. I just did this basic standard upload. So, but yeah, I mean, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, here is the uh, YouTube. Like I said, I pulled this off of YouTube, so here we go. There's a legend. What's wrong? Oh, there you go. Get up here where I can see my foot. Yeah, that's so not yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, just for comparison, I, I mean, just so you know, like in that one we watched there, and we, we have basically three segments of the video, and, and we have uh, the first segment where you know the subject walks in front of that Douglas fir tree, which is what we call the head snap. Um, and then the second segment is what we call the tree hide, which is the, the tail part of that video you just showed there where it kind of disappears behind that snake of bushes and you can't see it. And then it, it takes off. Um, in the enhanced footage that we have now, you can actually see when it's hiding behind that tree, it turns its head to look at my dad again. And you can see it do that, like in the enhanced version that we have of the footage now it's just so much better uh than than all this other stuff that you have on there and what you're seeing on youtube and, and all that not even to mention like the whole like baby lift and and to get into that and how much better that looks now but uh just the rest of it just you know looks fantastic but you know even that version there you know that that's that's kind of what i'm used to seeing because that's what i saw for so many years um it, it, that but um you know to remind everyone, because it does say 94, it, it, it was 1992. But uh, every time, every every time I see this thing, you know, it's not the, oh, there he goes. Everybody wants to quote that. You know, I got a sticker on my fridge from the clip. <laughs> oh, there he goes, right? Um, I, that, I think. But it, it's not, um, it's not even that. It's, it's when he says, Jesus, like every time since I was 15 years old, and I've seen this thing thousands of times, like that almost gives me goosebumps. Because I, yeah. I know my dad and I know like the way he spoke and like what he was thinking, like when, when that fell out of his mouth, you know, right there and, and just the way he does it. But, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've always been fascinated with the Paul Freeman footage. I mean, I know it's much newer than, and, I probably said this earlier. I know it's much newer than the Patty footage, but I've always been very intrigued, and I believe in the Paul Freeman footage myself personally. And and I'm not just saying that because you're here, Michael, but I really do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it just 
I would love to see people like serious people try to put in the time as they do with the Patterson footage. The I mean, I know maybe the footage with it's limited to a certain extent because um, you know with Patty, Patty was more out in the open, which. Um, but yeah, that location. I've never been to Bluff Creek, but yeah, but I know that area is grown yeah, in now. You know, my dad's film is not as open. And if you ever go actually to that area where that was where that was filmed, right there, um, if you're on the trail. Yeah, it's it's fine. And once you get off the trail, um, it, it's not it's not nice. And that path that she actually walks is an incredibly difficult path to walk. There's deadfalls there. And there's snags and there's holes in the ground. And if you even watch the the footage, um, you really pay attention. When she steps in front of the tree and does the head snap, she steps in a hole. And she drops down about a foot in elevation. You can see her whole body, like, drop and go down. Um, It's one of those places where, you know, you're going to break an ankle or or something if you're you're not careful. Um, You know, the other difference as well is, is, you know, the PG film was, it was shot on actual film. And so there's so much more that can be done to it when you edit it. Uh, and the digital tape that, that my dad's was shot on, you can't do a lot. It's only 400 pixels. And like you, you go to zoom in on it and it just blurs out, you know. Completely. Right. Um, there's been some work done to it. You know, I mean, Doug Hijack is is doing work to it. And, and he's got it to where it is now. And he's trying to get it that enhanced. And I just saw because, uh, you know, an acquaintance uh, this morning sent me a link. Thinker Thunker, apparently. Uh, just finally did like a, a breakdown of the the footage, you know, um, in comparison to the Patty film. And, you know, he says it's completely legit and the body, you know, dimensions are comparable to Patty or, or you know, whatever. But, um, you know, so it, it's starting to get more attention, which is good. Like, bring it on. Oh, yeah. I, That's I awesome. It. You know, we, we want to take a look at it and I want people to watch it. and I want people to watch the enhanced footage. And I want people to watch the baby. And, and I don't know, because you guys both have the book. I don't know if you've, if you've checked that out yet, if you've seen the, the baby lift and the enhanced footage. But um, once you see that, I mean, you know, if, if that's not what it is, tell me what it is. Because nobody can give me an explanation, you know, except right. for it's a baby. Yeah, I, I have not seen that part yet. I have read about that, but I did not click or the, the view that yet. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, watch it, you know, uh, the enhanced footage is, is 12 minutes. It's worth the watch. Um, and the last couple minutes is, is the baby lift, uh, you know, watch it and let me know. Cause it will blow you away. Um, and it, it articulates on its own. I mean, it's moving. So I, I don't, I don't know what else, you know, you can say if you want to say that that footage is a man in a suit, well, then there's a baby in a suit <laughs> that, that's sitting out there, uh, by itself, in, you know, in the, in the forest and is, is waiting to be picked up, picked up, you know, because, um, you know, that that's, I don't even have an explanation for, for whatever, you know, else is happening there, but, mm-hmm. uh, the enhanced footage that's included in the book, you know, when we're done with the interview, jump on there and, and just check it out, just do it. it, it it'll be worth it. And compared to, you know, what we just watched, it, it will blow you, it will blow you away. Uh, and I've shown it to two, you know, groups at a, a conference and then a special private showing at, at Cliff Berkman's museum. And both times, uh, the, the audiences were just stunned, you know, at how good it was. So, um, you know, everyone, you know, seems to like it and, you know, uh, bring it on if you, if you want to 
go do some measurements and you want to, you know, criticize and do this and do that. And, you know, try to tear it apart and do everything they've done with the Patterson footage, you know, well, go for it. So, you know, absolutely. Now, are you aware of any, uh, like, do people go out exploring and try to search that area? This, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. All the time. Yeah. It's, it's easy to get to, man. And that's the thing is D duck spring where that was shot is not hard to get to during the right time of year. Now you can't get in there usually till about June or July. And then once November hits, you can't get back in there uh, because of the snow. Oh, uh, okay. But when it is accessible, and especially late August when that video was shot in early September when it's really nice up there and it's accessible, it's not hard to get to. It's right off the road. You can actually drive to the pond that the footprint cast was taken from. Uh, that is the, the print we have from the video. And at the very beginning of the master footage, when he's looking at the tracks and the mud and they're all wet, they're at the edge of the pond. You can drive your car right to the pond. It's the nice. trail. It's, it's Walden Pond. Um, and then there's an east side trail. And you take that up and it goes back up behind the pond. And then you start getting into kind of rough terrain a little bit. And that's, you know, where this footage was taken. Um, but it's not inaccessible. I mean, you can, you can easily get there, you know. And there was a rumor going around for a long time that it burnt down and that it was destroyed. <laughs> and, and they built over it. And it wasn't even there anymore. But it's not true. Um, it was just a rumor. And I had actually heard that and I hadn't been back in 15 years. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. Like, man, that's, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, somebody's like, no, you know, and John Summerlin's like, that's not true. I think it was John Summerlin, you know, and then everyone else is like, oh, wait a minute, that's not true. And then, you know, last summer, like, you know, Cliff Berkman, you know, went up there um, and he he took some measurements and, and did some stuff. And uh, Mike Casey down in the Tri-Cities there, you know, an hour or so outside of Walla Walla, he went up there. Uh, a couple times and Mike actually found uh, tracks twice no. last summer around D duck spring yeah. and uh, Brandon Tennant from Pocatello, Idaho, who organizes the uh, Sasquatch rendezvous. He found tracks there in, in 2008 and had, uh, you know, sort of an encounter uh, where he, you know, possibly saw something and, and, and you know, heard something, but he found prints there as well. So it is a very still, you know, viably active spot. Awesome. So when are we going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's everybody wants me to go to D Duck. That's the thing. Everyone says, let's go to D Duck Spring. I probably have right now, if I was to just line them all up, I probably have 40 people that want to go <laughs> to that location, like with me. Uh wow. and you know, just camp or this or make a video, or uh I've talked about, you know, like a documentary possibly. Like stuff like that uh you know and they want to like you know do this and light our scan the ground and oh god we're gonna do all these things and oh, you know <laughs> yeah you know camp in the trees and, and you know whatever but uh we'll we'll figure it out eventually I, I i do i have not been uh to the film site uh in probably 15 years actually okay we've uh, been to walla walla once in the past uh maybe like 10 years. Um, and, and so I, I do need to get back at, at some point and go back up there because it, it has been a long time. Uh, contact Stephen Major. Tell him, look, I'm forming an expedition. Fly, fly these guys from the east out west again. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen Major is already one of the guys on the list I was just talking about. So <laughs> you think he didn't bring that up? Of course he brought that up. He wants to hell oh, yeah. right 
Yeah, he was going to give me a helicopter ride while I was out there if, if it was nice enough, enough. But it was like cloudy and rainy when I was out there. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah right. I was actually well, hoping that. You know, yeah. Stephen back to me. Stephen Major wanted to uh, this past December, just so last month, um, in the middle of winter. Stephen Major wanted to helicopter into Meadowline Falls, which is is north of here, um, in the middle of winter, and climb a mountain face. Uh, to go to a cave where some people have experienced uh, a Sasquatch activity um, oh. or whatever um, and said that it might be the last thing we ever do, but he really wants to do it. You know what I mean? And um, not so appealing to my wife, to be honest. Um, and, and so it never ended up happening. But, you know, if you don't know Stephen Major, Stephen Major is all about, like, let's just go die right now, like, doing this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, you know, science and to prove that Bigfoot is real. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's a cool dude for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I, I like Stephen. I shouldn't give him a hard time on here. But, uh, you know, he, he is kind of that way. And, um, you know, but uh, he, he's... he's He's a good dude. So. Yeah, I, I shared a joke. Oh, go ahead, Gwen. <laughs> I have to ask. Um, Jeff Meldrum and Grover Krantz were always in your dad's corner with all of this. Have they yeah. have they gotten a hold of you uh, since you've written this book? And what do they have to say? Uh, well, uh, Grover is no longer with us. Grover no, passed no. away. You're right. Uh, some years ago. Um uh, I am, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm acquainted with Jeff. I have been for years, actually. Um, and, and we do talk and we share information. I just saw him in Idaho a couple months ago. Um, and, and so there's a, a relationship there, you know, between us. Um, so, you know, and yeah, we, we talk. Uh, you know, actually, last time I saw Jeff, this, this is, a, you know, a kind of a good conversation. We were talking about... Um, like some people thinking, you know, kind of like with Good Morning America, or whatever. And my dad is like, you know, hoaxing tracks and and this and that. And and I was having this conversation with Jeff with some of these tracks. And how do, I mean, how how do you even hoax some of these things, you know? And Jeff Meldrum brought up a set of tracks that my dad cast in 1992 um, at a place called Gifford Peak, uh, which were juvenile tracks, and they were about eight or nine inches. Um, and he, you know, uh, he brought those to. Grover Krantz and, and Jeff now has them, of course, but uh, he was telling me the story about how one of them got broken by my dad uh, when he was trying to take it out of the ground. It got broken. My dad tried to fix it and he tried to put it back together with all this plaster and it just kind of ended up being this mess of this broken cast. And, and Jeff Meldrum looks at me and he says, Michael, if he was making fake feet and he was faking these prints, why didn't why he just stomp another one in the ground? Right. Yeah. Good Instead point. Of taking the time to do, and he says, "This is the things that people don't think about uh, when they think, when you know, when they're looking at this." And and he's like, you know, and he just kind of threw it off. And he's like, "Let me tell you this." And he's like, "Why would you waste the time?" Right. Yep. Uh, and so that I, actually, that's I think the last personal conversation uh, I had with Meldrum. But you know, we we had some emails um, earlier this week. He actually sent me a cast uh, not too long ago. So. Um, but uh, I did know Grover as well to kind of expand on that question. And I was familiar with Grover in the all through the 80s into the early 90s. And I've been in his lab uh, in, in Pullman there at the university. And 
I remember being intrigued when I was, when I was a kid being around him and, and Grover was one of those guys, you know, he's a chain smoker. Uh, and so he was always you know, cloud of smoke and, and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, Grover, uh, was a fascinating person to me when I was little. Um, and, and he's one of the vivid memories I have from being really little and being around Bigfoot. You know, the other person is Renee Hendon that I have vivid memories of being around because he was fascinating to me as well, you know, and he had that accent and, you know, kind of that demeanor and, and those people kind of captivate you, I think, when you were a child. But I remember really like I really liked being in Grover's lab and, and hanging around with him. And, you know, him and my dad, I, I wouldn't say they grew apart. But as the, the 90s wore on and it got a little bit later in the 90s, my dad did less and less research. You know, they they he came down less often and, and they saw each other less often and, and things like that. And, um, you know, it's a shame that they didn't get to see each other before either one of them, you know, passed away. I, I believe Grover passed away in 2001, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm wrong, someone who's watching this comment and let me know um, if I'm mistaken on oh, that. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't want to get, you know, that incorrect. But uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, you know, um, Jeff, I, I actually just, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually sent Jeff a copy of the book because uh, he, he hadn't gotten one yet, even though he wrote part of it um, and, you know, everything. <laughs> but uh so wanted to make sure, you know, that was done. Yeah, you know, there were oversights. I'm, it's, it's one of those things. I'm, I'm sorry, everyone that was a contributor should have just, here's your book and thanks for helping and, and all this stuff. And there was just so much going on and, and uh, not just by me, but the, the publishers and everything and, and all that stuff. So we're a little late getting some of that stuff out. So I apologize if you were a contributor and you didn't get a book right away. But, um, you know, I, I, I haven't heard what he thinks of it. Oh. You know, um, I, I, I will tell you, though, speaking of Jeff Meldrum, uh, the probably, you know, one of the most nervous times of my entire life as I was at the Bigfoot Rendezvous in Pocatello, Idaho, and I was giving a presentation uh, and it was this past September and I was going to be on stage for about, I think it was about an hour and a half. I ended up being on stage um, and I was giving a timeline of my dad and all his research and, and I'm talking about all these things um, and these facts and these facts. And I start my presentation, I look up and Jeff Meldrum's sitting in the audience. <laughs> uh, the one person I didn't want to come watch, right? It's like the one person is like, I don't want you, you know, Jeff's got better things to do or whatever. I, I didn't want Jeff to come watch, you know, uh, and Jeff Meldrum sitting in the audience and I gave my presentation and I think I even spoke to him at one point, and, you know, and, and kind of, you know, included him like in the presentation because he was sitting there and I had asked a question that I, I wasn't sure of and, and he answered it for me. Um, and then after, afterward, you know, the, the first thing he did was pull me aside and then he told me that it was spot on, um, and, and that he was you know, entertained and, and that it, it was educational and accurate. Uh, and, and so it was a huge compliment. Uh, but I just remember being like, oh crap, Jeff's sitting there. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, North America goes, at least he's the, the foremost expert on Bigfoot anatomy, yes. you know, at least mm -hmm. in North America, if not the world. <laughs> so if you're going to give a presentation, <laughs> you're talking about Bigfoot tracks and anatomy and this stuff, like that's not necessarily the guy you want to see. Not to mention, you know, I, I had given a, a special presentation at, at Cliff's place down at the North American Bigfoot Center, but I, that was to 50 people. And then this thing in Pocatello was like three or 400 and it was technically wow. like the first ever actual conference I'd spoken at. And I was just like, oh, man, here we go. You know, but um, no, it was good. It worked out. Yeah. As far as the date, uh, I don't know if you guys see that uh, Squatch America said oh, February of 2002. Yeah. Regarding. All right. the, uh, well, of course. Hello, Scott and Hannah. So, um, 
Oh, oh, oh! You know that person? I don't know who they are. <laughs> oh, Squatch America! Yeah, that's that's uh, Squat. Uh, that's uh, Scott and Hannah Violet. Yeah, that dude. Oh, okay. Uh, real right. nice people. I met them in Pocatello as well, and I actually just uh, I, I was on their show. They have a, a YouTube show, uh, and I did that. Oh, show, but you know, really nice folk, and they're down in the Blue Mountains. Um, oh, and so that's the familiar stomping ground for sure. Yeah, nice. Very nice. So, so what would you tell the people if they don't feel convinced on your father's footage and the evidence he's collected over the years? Yeah, I mean, is there? I mean, basically, I mean, the book. They, I think they, they honestly need to read the book and, and read the details that are in that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those who, and those who contributed, you know, like Cliff and uh, Jeff Meldrum and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, what would I tell the, the people that are skeptical? Is that, you know? Yeah, uh, basically. Well, I mean, first of all, you know, it's okay to be a skeptic. You have to be a skeptic. Right. You know, that's, that's the first thing you have to be is a skeptic, you know? Um, and I fully believe that. And, and I'm I'm kind of the same way myself, actually. Uh, and, you know, Doug Hycheck will tell you, if you ever speak to him, that I was skeptical on the baby in the, in the footage, you know, a, until it was proven to me. And it got enhanced enough that I, I couldn't deny it anymore. You know, um, but, you know, no, it's everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You know, everyone's entitled to, to make their own decisions. Um, and if you want to be skeptical on, on anything, not just Bigfoot evidence, but anything paranormal or anything like that, that that's fine. Um, the one thing I would ask if you want to be skeptical on my, my father's evidence, you know, just if we're talking about that, is that you take a look at the evidence. Yeah. But you actually right. take the time to take a scientific look at all the evidence together and then, you know, draw a conclusion based on being educated and that you don't make a decision based on a rumor or hearsay from, from something somebody said 35 years ago that was jealous about something. Um, right. And there's a lot of that when it surrounds my dad, you know? So I, I would just challenge them to, you know, like I said, just, you know, forget about all that stuff and forget about, you know, hey, I idolized this person and they didn't like Paul Freeman. So I don't like Paul Freeman. You know, that's not a good way to look at it. You know, let's take a look at the evidence and let's just look at it for what it is and look at it from a scientific viewpoint and look at, you know, all the comparisons that we can make through the handprints and the footprints that we find in the Blue Mountains that have anatomical features that are congruent throughout time and throughout the rest of the country. You know, and let's look at the fact that some of the absolute best hair samples that have ever been taken, you know, came from the Blue Mountains as well. Um, and, and spend some time on that. And then if you still, you know, don't want to believe it because you've looked at that and you don't think it adds up, fine, you know, that's fine. Uh, and I'll talk to you about it, you know, and I talk to everybody. I try to, at least even skeptics. I don't mind talking to skeptics. You know, I grew up with them all over the place. You know, it's nothing new to me. Um, what I don't want to do is spend my time, or I should say waste my time, uh, communicating with people that have opinions that are based off of judgment from rumors or something that they've heard from someone that's not alive anymore, uh, when they've never even seen the evidence. And and I don't have time to waste on those people until they actually, you know, do some diligence and and educate themselves and, and take a look at that. But, um, yeah. So for all the skeptics out there or anyone who doesn't, you know, want to look at the footage or doesn't necessarily believe like the Blue Mountain evidence, um, I challenge you to just take a look at, at it from a scientific viewpoint, you know, Absolutely. And, and your conclusions, you know, so because we are and, and it's, you know, it's 
it's something I've said before, but you know, the, the business of Bigfoot is the business of evidence. Mm-hmm. And if that's not what you're bringing, you're not bringing anything because right. and stories don't cut it. Like this is the business of evidence and that's it. Period. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And just like everybody's viewed or read legend meets science, re- you know, either you read the book or watched the full documentary that was pretty much with all the information that was presented. I mean, the book has a lot of details. I would do the same thing for those who are watching and listening now or later. Yeah. I mean, take the chance, buy the book and read what's presented and laid out. And I mean, there's a lot of details in this book, a lot of information that you should really read that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Uh, I mean, Mike would go, you know, I'm sure, you know, you could only tell us so much right now um, off the top of your head. But, yeah, there's a lot of details I was fascinated by and intrigued, you know, by what you have presented. so much that's not in the book. There's so much that got left out. And I wake up every morning and I think to myself, if I started writing it today, it would be so much better. And I'm probably going to feel that way for the rest of my life. I am, I'm assuming as long as I, as I let it eat at me. Um, but you know, no, there are things that got left out and, and there are things that, um, you know, I'm open about and I talk about on shows, but I didn't write about it in the book, you know, and it's just, it's just one of those things. And we kind of had to pick and choose and, and there was a, a limit for the book of how long it needed to be and, and how much, you know, we could use things. And like I said, the, the highlight of it, honestly, the highlight of the entire thing is my dad's audio recordings and listening right. to him tell the story. That's my favorite part of the book. It's the most informational part of the book. It's the most entertaining part of the book. Okay. So if you're going to buy the book at all, buy it to listen to my dad. Um, he's funny. He's engaging. He's got that slow, you know, but to the point, like delivery <laughs> of speech, you know, it's just the way that he was. And, and then there's other things in there that are great too, like the enhanced footage and all that. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, and oh God, I could probably just about, I mean, if you had a question, I could probably just about tell you everything that's in the book. I mean, I've only read it like, you know, 300 times or something like that. <laughs> I still missed a couple typos. You know, right. Really, that happens, even though I've read it and Doug Highcheck read it and a whole editing team read it and Dr. Russell uh, Jones read it, you know, um, and we still missed like a couple typos. So somehow. Oh, you're going to have that. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. The detractors. That's the first thing they want to point out is that no. it has typos in it. Um, and so you must not be educated or, or, or something like that. Right. You know, Maybe they not, should write a book. Right. Not taking <laughs> into account that there's a whole team of professional people that this is what they literally do for a job. And someone has to transcribe it onto the page before it's like printed and all, you know. And so, you know, at some point mistakes are made and hopefully they'll get fixed for the the second edition, you know, that, that gets printed, but, uh, yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, cause you, yeah, you do have your grammar police or whatever that you want to call them. There's people that look for mistakes, which is just pay attention to the details that's being presented. You know, and you I mean, grammar police. And I've, I've already heard from the grammar police as well from a couple sections of the book. And, and I will say that, uh, you know, what I, what I did do is even though some of it was edited is, is the contributors to the book uh, and the people, you know, the people that wrote sections for me, like John Summerlin and Dar Addington and Tom Powell, you know, and Jeff and Cliff and Doug Hijack, I, I left their grammar in place because I didn't want to change that because that's who they are. 
Right. So even if something wasn't quite right, if it's what they wrote and that's the way that they were speaking about it, I left it that way. Um, so if, if some people have some, you know, grammar, whatever here and there, that's fine. You know, one, one of the things, uh, you know, for example, is, you know, technically the, the footage was filmed at, you know, it's, it's Walden pond, but, um, it's, it's, it's deduct spring. Okay. And if you look at the forest service map, it's deduct spring. Um, but everyone locally calls it deduct springs. And I just think it's the S rolls off the tongue a little bit easier. I think it's just something that's easier to say. Oh, up at Dino Springs. Okay. And so you will see throughout the book here and there, there's a few times where people say Dino Springs because, well, that's the local jargon and that's how people talk. And I didn't change it. Although I've already heard from someone that that's not the actual name and it's Dino Spring on the Forest Service map. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Uh, I know that. Guess what else? It's actually not Dino Spring. It's Dino Trailhead at Walden Pond. So kiss it <laughs> is, is, what I, is what i want to say right yeah okay but um you obviously don't live there i grew up there i know what it's called everyone just says deduct springs they don't say it's the deduct trailhead at walden pond they don't say deduct spring they say it's deduct springs go up to go up to these springs you'll even hear that sometimes um but yeah the, the people like that like that's one of the things like that's been attacked about it i'm like are you kidding me really like <laughs> Because you looked at a forest I'll, service map, and apparently I use the wrong terminology or whatever for that, you know, or whatnot. But uh, like I said, it's like it's local jargon, and I left it that way. So right, people that are local that read that, they know exactly what it is. So what does it what does it matter? Right. I, yeah, people got to be so technical, and I think we're all guilty of mispronouncing or misnaming something to the T. You know, I mean, I mean, like my research area, I mean. Like, well, where's your research area? Well, one thing, I, I don't want people to directly know right offhand, but I'll give them a general area, you know. <laughs> but uh, but even if I was to mention something, people know it as a different name than what I might present it as, you know. But, right. But, you know, but it is what it is. <laughs> so just, just so you guys know and not to cut you off or whatever, I got about 10 minutes maybe and I got to I got to close out of here. Oh, not a problem. Not a problem. We've been on for about roughly an hour and 20 minutes, and it's yeah. been a great discussion I tonight. My, I told my poor wife about an hour, and she's been up there with the demon children. <laughs> um, and I can hear them starting to cry and, and, and stuff. And, you know, I have an 18-month-old baby that he hasn't uh, taken a nap yet today. And, oh, oh Lord. He's going oh, back. wow. You know, but you okay. get to that point, you know, they get to that point where then they can't sleep. You know, and, and they're so oh, like, yeah. like crazy and then they almost get like hyper and, and all this. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I've, I've got three boys. I have an 11 year old and a three year old and, a, and an 18 month old. So I don't <laughs> know, maybe we'll get the next generation of Freemans out of out of, of one of those, you know, possibly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm uh, uh, right. next month. I'll be 46. I'm, I'm too old to have a, a one year old. Let me let me tell you. <laughs> Oh, there's people. You'd be surprised these days. I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't didn't uh, didn't think that one through. So, but uh, you know, I my my uh, my beautiful and amazing wife, who I'll I'll compliment, uh, is ten years younger than me. So, um, I guess that's the that's the price I paid to uh, marry someone who was. Uh, younger and out of my league was now I'm stuck with a one-year-old baby in, in 
getting close to being 50. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm sure Gwendolyn's husband's texting her. Hurry up. Let's get to the start of the game kidding? at Twister. He's in the living room snoring. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, you guys ain't playing Twister tonight? No, I hadn't seen this game yet. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, we, uh, we, yeah, anyway, I, I, I got to jump off of here, guys. So, not a uh, problem. Yeah, hey, any last questions or anything like that you were curious about? Um, well, what about you, Glenn? I've been talking a lot. <laughs> Um, not off the top of my head at the moment, no. Okay. Yep. Well, I'll tell you like this. Uh, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to come on tonight. This has been awesome to have you on here, Michael. Um, perhaps we'll definitely have you on here sometime in the future down the road. And, uh, and you know, since there was so much left out of that book, perhaps there's a project for a book, too down the road you know oh <laughs> so. man uh yeah well first of all uh let me say you know uh, thank you for having me on it's an honor i appreciate it and um, every time someone invites me on you know i do as long as i don't get stood up you know in stream yard uh <laughs> daniel knows that's an inside joke daniel knows what i'm talking about but yeah. uh <laughs> and uh you know i i have a file on my computer that is the title of it is volume two and it has ah. One sentence, I wrote one sentence uh, because it was gnawing at me and I just wanted to write one thing down and actually just put it on paper, you know. Um, <laughs> and there's probably not ever going to be another one, no. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know if this process is necessarily, you know, for me. And if, if people didn't get enough out of this one for something that was overdone and should have been done so long ago, then... Uh, you know, I, I don't know what to tell them. But uh, before I go, you know, I do I do want to say before I go that even though my name was on this thing, um, you know, my, my dad did these audio recordings uh, with the intention of writing a book, uh, you know, about himself. And in one part of the audio in the book, he even talks about, you know, hey, this is going to be a book someday. Um, and, you know, he died before he got to do that. And um, my name's on there as the author, but really, it's my dad's book. And it was always going to be my dad's book. It was always, it always is going to be my dad's book. Uh, and so this is Paul Freeman's book. I'm, I'm just the one that was able to do it, you know, for him. But, um, you know, so if you haven't picked it up, you know, pick it up. Just listen to him talk because it, it's, it's, it's worth it just, just for that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Sounds good. Thank you again very much. And uh, yeah, Susan Redman said she just got your book. So that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and you, you can pick it up at, you know, Amazon has it and, you know, Barnes and Noble online. And you can go to Hangar One, you know, publishing.com and you can, you can pick it up there. And uh, the North American Bigfoot Center, Cliff Berkman's place, has autographed copies. Uh, okay. Me and Cliff. Um, oh. And if I'm mistaken, and I won't say a name, but if I'm not mistaken, uh, by hopefully next week, at the, by the end of next week, uh, there'll be a third name in those books. So, oh. so wait till next week to buy it. Okay. We autographs in it. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe not to give anything away, but uh, I, I think that might be the case. So we'll see. Um, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'll touch base with you on that um, yeah. in, a, in a week or two and uh, 
Yeah. Tell your wife we apologize for keeping you so long. So, <laughs> so uh, we'll let you go. I miss you up there, and dinner's probably already ready, and all that stuff. Oh but man, I, uh, blame it on me. I, uh, you know what? It's my fault, man. It re- it really is because I could go like three hours. Right. No. <laughs> you know, or or longer. You know, I went two hours and something with Cliff and Bobo. God, they had to edit it down. Those poor guys. But uh, you know, uh, but yeah. Um, you know, let me know what you think of the book and anybody who's out there, like, let me know what you think of the book. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask as well. And, you know, I'm easily, you know, I'm easy to get a hold of on Facebook, um, Instagram as well. M Freeman 77. Uh, and I also uh, Freeman Bigfoot files at gmail.com. That's an email address okay. I have just for the book and just for people that want to contact me, you know, over the book. So good deal. Good deal. I appreciate your time. And I'll talk to you guys later. Thank Thank you you very much. And everybody sit tight. All right. Have a good night, Michael. Thank you. There is a legend that walks among us that mankind has witnessed for over a hundred years. As many of us step foot out into the deep forest, trekking and seeking out evidence. We have come to the conclusion that this legend that we know as Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Yowie, or the Grassman truly does exist. And we're here to present the evidence to you. Evidence that cannot be dismissed. So we welcome you to sit tight as we prepare to present to you the elusive legend himself, Sasquatch. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, there's a couple of events coming up that I want to promote and throw out there. Uh, this one here is coming up. The next one that I'm promoting that is coming up on March 25th in Hermitage, Pennsylvania, at the Hickory VFW. Um, come on out. Uh, they got a great lineup of speakers, and not to mention the vendors. Uh, Gwendolyn herself will be there set up. Um, wow. I know a few others that will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yes, and for uh, those who attend, uh, there's a group of us getting together with the speakers. We're going out e- uh, after the event. So um, I'm actually excited about that. And again, this is the next event coming up. Um, and then following that event, let's see if I'm going to go in the right order here. Uh, I don't even have mine posted up here. It's pitiful. <laughs> yeah, I got other people's stuff, but not mine. <laughs> so, well, here's a couple of events. They're not going to be in order, but I'll throw the dates out there for you. Um, here's another one that's happening in September, September 9th and 10th. At the Evergreen Smoky Mountain Convention Center, um, the Smoky Mountain Terra. If you want information on this, you can find them on Facebook. Also, the SmokyMountainTerra.com is their website. You can check that out again, September 9th and 10th of this year. Um, I think that's going to be awesome. That's going to be a, a great turnout. They have already been announcing some guest celebrities, some actors. Um, and Gwendolyn, you said if uh, you're signed up for this one, right? Yep. Okay, awesome. I know I, I know I've got another good friend of mine, Mike Hughes, a Cryptid HQ, uh, is signed up for this one as well already. So yeah, they they are getting some vendors already lined up. Um, 
and I'm excited. I I am a guest speaker for this event. And, uh, yeah, a couple of the other people, uh, I know one of the celebrity actors I'm familiar with, I've seen him in a couple of movies. Um, so yeah, there's going to be some well-known actors there. This is something you guys want to mark on your calendars. Again, it's in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. The address is right there on the screen. Um, here's another event. It's coming up a week, the week or well, the weekend before my June event. Uh, this event is happening June 9th, 10th and 11th. Uh, it's the Forest County Bigfoot Festival in Pennsylvania. The, the town that it's happening in is in Marionville. That's right. Marionville, Pennsylvania, Forest County. And uh, I'm also going to be speaking at this event. Uh, Gwendolyn is also, wait, is it, did you sign up for this one or, oh, no, that's right. You're going to be out. Of, you're going to be out of the country. I'm gonna yeah. Be out of the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gwendolyn will be in Ireland. So looking for the Ireland, uh, the Green Man. Or oh, was that uh, Scotland? Have yeah. To check out, uh, check out Bigfoot in Ireland while I'm there. There you go. Yeah, they have. They do have some uh, legends and folklore out there. You might have to definitely check they into. Do. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Had some sightings out in Ireland, so it'll be fun. Very cool. Um, one other event that's not listed on here uh, is a camp out coming up in May. Uh, May 26th through the, uh, I hope I'm getting my dates correct here. May 26th through the 29th in Virginia here. Um, if you want to participate in that, send me an email at ecbro98 at gmail.com. Uh, I also am hosting a second camping ev uh, event in the month of September. Mm -hmm. uh, this there it is. There's my email on the screen. Uh, this is going to be September 20th through the 24th. Um, you can ecbr 98 at gmail.com. Oh, and coming up in the month of August. And here it is right here, ladies and gentlemen. This is hosted by Gwendolyn and Got Knockers. Uh, you, this is another one you have to mark on your calendars. Make sure you mark this down and plan to be there. Uh, and Gwendolyn, your website for this is, I'll let you quote it. I don't want to get it messed up. Central PA Bigfoot. Dot com. Okay, very good. So there you go, folks. Check out the website, visit the Facebook event page, and be sure to like and follow it. Uh, this is going to be a great event. And uh, this event, Gwendolyn, will be uh, all the vendors will be set up outside, correct? Yes, all the vendors will be set up outside. Okay, very good. Very good. Yeah, I'm excited for this one myself. And I've already put in the time to come up there. Uh, so, um, yeah. so this you is exciting. That one. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm excited yeah. for that too. So yeah, these are some of the events that you can follow me and find me at. Uh, there's another one coming up. Uh, again, as you guys have been seeing, I'm, I'm throwing these events up there and they're not in order, but they all have dates on them. So these are all the dates and events that you can mark on your calendar. Um, Here's another one that I'm excited to be returning to. This will be the third, fourth one um, I'll be returning to. Um, this is, I don't know why I shared this one, because I, I have one with the actual name of the location, but uh, the South Carolina Bigfoot Festival, and I had the wrong dates on this, by the way, I just realized. It's actually 13th and 14th of 2023, mm -hmm. and it's taking place in Westminster, South Carolina. So it's October 13th and 14th in Westminster, South Carolina. The whole event takes place on Main Street. So you can't miss it. There's no way of missing it because they block off the street. 
They got live music, tons of vendors. And the way they do their speakers, uh, they actually separate the speakers in different rooms uh, or different buildings. So, um, but yeah, there's more information on this. Uh, I don't know how well they or how far they updated their information on their Facebook event page, but there is a website where they do update that peri peri yeah, periodically. So, but these are some of the events you guys could check out. Uh, make sure I'm not missing none. I think that's and we're about both it. At the South Carolina one, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. And um, I, I need to check with the, uh, because I told Dale that I have scheduled off to come down like two days earlier. So mm -hmm. um, hopefully uh, I need to get some details worked out with him on that. Um, see what, see if they're going to do what they did this past October. I'm hoping right. they do. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. That was a, a very fun stay, by the way. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> it was comfortable, you know? I, yeah. Yeah. Cause when you get settled in, you're relaxed and having a good time, the, the environment, the people you're around, it, it, it's just a fun time. Mm -hmm. And, and ladies and gentlemen, if you guys haven't been to these events, there's, there's, it's I don't know the best way to describe it. If you start hanging out with these uh, with us people, or us crazy people, <laughs> you, you become attached, you know, and become a crazy person yourself. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, um, but yeah, I don't see nothing else I can throw up there at the moment. Um, that basically covers it right there. Oh, uh oh, hold on. Uh-oh, hold on. All right, I'm sorry. Did I disappear? You you did. Okay, you it's because I... Yeah, I swiped my screen off for some reason. I'm on my phone right now, so... <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Gwendolyn, I'm going to call it a night as it's getting later, and I want to relax a little bit because yeah i gotta get up in the morning so Not me uh, oh nice <laughs> oh real yeah that must be nice yes uh real quick i wanted to um i know there's one or two people that commented earlier about the bigfoot behind you and i could see it glowing which is awesome yeah, yeah. so yeah uh now is that something you're going to be working on uh, as far as uh, a sale product that is a sale product. Absolutely. Okay. Very yeah. awesome. They are, okay. Very they are cool. Order because they're expensive. Right. <clears throat> mm -hmm. All right. Very good. Now a house, like the one you have behind you, what's that about around 18 to 20 inches round? That is three and a half foot. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Very nice. Tall. Yep. Okay. Good deal. So yeah, if you guys are interested in wanting one, as you guys see, it's actually illuminated uh, behind the Bigfoot, which is awesome. Um, now, and the eyes glow too. The eyes even yeah. glow on this. So you can get that in red or yellow glow. Ooh! Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Well, my eventually, I my neighbor makes those for me. Those are hand cut, hand painted. Everything is done by hand. He doesn't like it. he drew the Bigfoot for me. He drew the the trees. It's it's all handmade and hand painted. He does an amazing job. Awesome. So yeah, I put you on solo layout so uh, so I can enlarge it. Yeah. So 
There Absolutely. Go. <laughs> there <it is>. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Good job, <laughs> Vanna White. <laughs> <laughs> I get awesome. fired. In my first week on Vanna, I'd get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Um, oh, all right. I'm just now looking back at the chat real quick, but uh, please repeat the name of the book. Oh, uh, the book that Michael Freeman has is called. The Freeman Bigfoot Files. Yeah, the Freeman Bigfoot Files. And you can find it on Amazon. You can't miss it. I'll actually throw a picture of that up real quick. I actually, well, actually, I don't have the picture of the book, but the Freeman Bigfoot Files, actually the cover of the book, that's what it looks like right there at the top part of that uh, promo flyer. Yeah, the Freeman Bigfoot Files. Again, you can find that on Amazon. So, so Awesome. Well, guys, everybody that was listening and watching tonight and those who watch later, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, and thank you guys for coming on. If you have not done so, please feel free to subscribe to you, this YouTube channel, Bigfoot Zone, ECBRO. And, Gwendolyn, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, well, thank you for asking me. It was fun. Oh, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> this won't be the last time. So, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I try to throw out a show every Friday. Um, I usually hunt down a guest. I have actually had people ask me they want to come on. I just need to get in for there's people that are asking me to come on. I don't know nothing about. So I'm trying to do some research, you know. So, um, yeah, I think some people just want to come on just to come on and which is fine. But um, everybody wants their five minutes of fame. Right. So, I mean, I prefer to have people that actually had real experiences and that want to share and talk about things. Uh, I mean, the, the, don't get me wrong. We do have podcasts where it's just strictly open discussion. We do have that a lot. But um, mm -hmm. I am trying to produce people with encounters that want to share their story. So because, um, you know, we all learn from hearing these stories. Uh, we could collaborate. We could compare, you know, so um, <clears throat> absolutely. So, uh, again, everybody, thank you guys very much. Um, and until next time, have a good night. Keep it squatchy, my friend. And Gwendolyn, have a good night. So you too. Everybody right. have a good night. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>